0: Now, The Interpreter Show, with discussion, debate, and the latest information on all kinds of religious issues and topics. We uh, are going to move on, and... uh from from our come follow me segment and the next 30 minutes or so we're going to be talking about one of the lessons from the institute manual religion 280 it's answering my gospel questions and we've been asked to talk about the divine gift of grace So I wanted to just take a second and talk a little bit about my background to those of you who will be listening for the first time on this topic and perhaps don't know myself and Kevin and John, and uh, I'll let Kevin and John introduce themselves, and if they're too modest, I'll chip in. But um, I have been doing a daily book review show on the radio in St. George for the last 28 years. Our 28th anniversary will be Friday, and uh, so I am widely read. And uh, I am very passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ and its doctrines. Every week I talk about a religious book, some from the LDS tradition and some not. But it's something that I have a very great interest in, and I have a lot of research uh, that I've done, and I'm particularly curious and anxious to learn more about doctrines. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit about your background on this, and then we'll turn it over to John.
1: Okay, um, I just basically grew up. Uh, in like I remember the church in Utah, just north of Salt Lake City, and then I was during my mission started running into some questions, and and, uh, and also one of the members of the church there loaned me a book by Hugh Nibley, an approach to the Book of Mormon, and that opened my eyes more to the possibilities of scholarship. And what I could see, and uh, when I came back, I started tracking down all things Italy that I could find, and going to used bookstores and libraries and you know, bound periodicals in the stacks, and then when Farm started up, uh, I got involved in that fairly early on, and then since uh, the early 1990s, I've occasionally found I had something to say and would I've had a number of things published. I think I just had my 41st article published since then. So I've been involved as a lay member, just interested. And uh, I found that I could see a lot further by standing on the shoulders of giants than crouching shoulder to shoulder with the pygmies. So it's just, you know, finding out uh, certain people that are going to help me see better and then occasionally being able to put it together in a fresh way myself and, you know, just continuing to learn and being excited by this stuff.
0: Thank
2: you, Kevin. John? Okay, well, um, John Key, I have um, a master's degree from UC Berkeley and a Ph.D. from Yale, and uh, I have been publishing responses to criticisms against the church for 33 years now, Um, so I have a, a little bit of a background in this, and on this particular topic, I've actually published uh, two articles on grace and what and, we mean by it.
0: How many languages do you speak, John? I have trouble with English. But and
2: I have trouble with English, too. Um, but I, I, I do have a language background, and, uh, and some people think it isn't quite fair because Greek was my mission language. Um, so I do use it occasionally still. Um uh, and so I and I largely trained as a philologist, but I've also um done some archaeology. So um in this particular topic so this this course is not your typical way you think of a course on answering questions because what they do in the manual is teach you how to get answers for yourself and they use certain test cases Uh, so in this part it's a section on using sources that facilitate faith inspired learning and edifying discussions the first one talks about using prophetic sources the second one is on life help and then Uh, some introduction to the topics. This particular lesson uses the topic of grace as a means of teaching the students how to find their answers, not giving them the answer, uh, which is often what we've done in the the past, is um, that you go read somebody who's sorted the issues out. Instead, it's teaching them the students, how to sort the issues out for themselves. And grace just happens to be the topic they use as a springboard for
0: that. You know, that's an interesting um, way that they're approaching it, John. I, I was dealing with a couple in St. George who were having a faith crisis, and they were referred to me by our stake president, and so I started meeting with them. And the brother in particular, after a, period of time meeting with me, and when he had gotten his questions resolved to his satisfaction, said, when President Bangader said I was going to come to you, he said, I just expected you to give me a sheet of all these answers. He said, and you didn't do that at all. I just said, okay, If you've got a question, let's find the answer. You'll find the answer. All I want you to do is whatever you're reading, whatever you're studying, whatever podcast you have, whatever, just let me know what it is. And then I'll go along with you. We'll take this journey together, but you can figure it out for yourself. And it took about a year and a half. And uh, he would come in and see me every few weeks, and we would go over some things. And that is exactly what he did. I was able to say, well, you might check Matt Brown. You might check Margaret Barker, because he had some, some questions involving the temple. And both of those sources, in fact, he even went so far, Kevin, as to email Margaret, and she emailed him back. But it was one of those situations where this is exactly what you're talking about, John. And he learned how to find his questions, and because he looked at them. And a couple of times, I remember distinctly, I had some original sources from Brigham Young handy. And so he had a question about a quote Brigham Young had said that really concerned him from what he read on the internet. I it might have been Grant Palmer who said it, and we all know what that is. But I said, well let's see what Brigham really said. So we got the whole quote and sure enough it had been edited to take out a clarifying point that Brigham had made so that this quote made sense and it made sense in an entirely different way that was very anti-church. But because he found it himself, and I didn't just hand it to him, it made a big difference. So I I like that point, John.
2: I I think this is um, sort of in the spirit of that rather than do what I've usually done with um, grace, and it's been more a philological approach. Uh, But just some pointers if for people looking at at grace, one of the things to notice, um, I think it was uh, Edward Schlobeck, Uh Who's
0: glad you <laughs> said that. I have one of the books, but actually, I actually have the two books. But. Yeah, but what
2: I just I haven't. I just remember reading, looking through that, and seeing one of the the comments that he made. It says that what jesus said about grace isn't theologically useful and <laughs> okay. which or what they they said about grace in the gospels wasn't theologically useful and that that thought has sort of struck stuck with me not that i um agree with it But it's interesting to to open a way to look at it. So if you look at the way that Jesus uses the term versus the way that, and the way that's used in the Gospels as opposed to the way it's used by, say, Paul, Um, and I think there are reasons for that, and I can perhaps explain them, but uh, if you look at that, Maybe what we ought to be doing is focusing on the way that Jesus uses the term, and if you look at the way that the term is used in the Book of Mormon, it's used the way that Jesus uses it. Now, Paul is talking to a Gentile audience, and the term that we translate as grace happens to be one of the big religious terms used among Gentiles in a um, pluralistic religious society. So, where you, it's sort of the common vernacular when you're talking about religions at that time, where they, this becomes a big concept. So, of course, Paul addresses that and puts his spin on it, um, trying to lead them to the gospel. But he uses it a lot more and in different ways than Jesus does. So if you're – I think that the student or anyone else who's interested in this topic and interested in coming up with their own answers, that's something useful to look at is how does Jesus use the term? How is it used in the Book of Mormon? And then use that as your basis before you get to Paul. Oddly enough, um, Jesus doesn't use the term very much. And if grace is all that central to Jesus' message, you would expect him to use it more than he does. And it's not that there isn't grace involved, but it's worth paying attention to how Jesus himself uses the term. So, and it's not always translated as grace when in the mm-hmm, King James.
0: Right. So – then let's back up a second. So, Kevin, if we're looking for the things that John has just said about what Jesus had to say about it, where would we tell people to go so that they could find it for themselves?
1: Well, like the the lesson here talks about using the uh, using like the topical guide and things, and that can be helpful. Although, and I'm just listening to John here, I'm thinking, well, that's very interesting. And then I, I look for the ones that they've cited, and you've got. Uh, in the Gospels here I can see uh, basically one reference to grace but I suspect that there's more partially you know because as John has also said that the, the word may be translated differently but uh, it's it's easy sometimes to look just for the Bible dictionaries but it's better if it's a bit more work just to do the word search and see what comes up that you might not expect because uh, sometimes um, they, they won't give you necessarily all, all of the references that are there. So it, it may be a little bit more work, but then in going through this stuff, that comes up in just a word search in, in the scriptures. And if, if you don't have computerized scriptures, uh, you can go to the LDS site and just search in the scriptures. And you know, you can go to the dictionary and see the ones that they've pre-collected for you. But if you just
2: you know, I
0: think it's yourself, safe to man. assume, though, Kevin, that they have the electronic scriptures.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. One of, the, one of well. the electronic tools, as long as we're talking about it, so the search engine that the church uses on its website was developed by a couple of professors at BYU, and it's available separately. And it's called WordCruncher, and it's available on wordcruncher.com, and it has the LDS scriptures. One of the things you can do is you can also get the Greek and Hebrew texts on the side, and even if you can't read them. So look up Grace, do a search on Grace, and WordCruncher allows you to have the Greek and the Hebrew, and they pull up simultaneously with the, the English, so you can uh, compare them. So you can look on Grace, and you can click over on the Greek word for Grace, and they even have a, a parallel Bible. And, and have where a, it's
0: translated differently.
2: And you can just search on a on;
0: – It'll give you different citations.
2: Right. And if you just click on that word over in the Greek, even if you don't understand it, it'll bring up all of the citations in Greek. And with the parallel ones in English, you can see how it's used. So – or you can go to Strong's if you're mm-hmm. – Concordance, if you're that inclined. But that's one way of looking at the, the scriptural – some of the electronic resources available to you, and all of this is free.
0: So, Kevin, what's a, what, what's another step beyond that where you would recommend that they go?
2: Um,
1: well, I just think that there's a sense, you know, when I talk about standing on the shoulders of giants, that's one thing. Is uh, the you know the the lesson also talks about looking at general authorities and how they've. Uh, uh, Used grace in various conference talks. That's another thing that comes up here, and of course, there are some people that uh, there's you know scholars like John and others that uh, that, uh, that have addressed this. Uh, there's lots of people at BYU and, and, and other schools and other schools who thought when you start chasing it, it's just um, when you when you really if, if it's a topic that you can get passionate about, then there's no limit to the sources that are out there and then then you you'll find people that disagree and then you want to understand why they disagree and you go back and forth and but that's just part of it uh and that that that's is something that's worth doing sometimes because joseph smith himself said uh, by proving proving contraries, truth is made manifest you know you you wrestle with the different readings of it and that gives you a bit more definition you know what what's it like what's it not like but it's uh, instead of just looking for the pat answer, look look for the human wrestle with this whole thing. And that, that I think, gives you a more realistic...
2: Yeah, it. it um, one of the things that you can do and that is recommended by the manual is, so you start off and it's worth knowing what the scriptures say about it. And it's also worth knowing what the prophets say about it. So you have the, the prophets on one side and the scriptures and they they will reinforce each other but what you you can start on uh churchofjesuschrist.org and you can look up the topic uh, this is something that I teach my students to do uh most of them have an idea how to do it already but you can type in and it will pull up the words of the prophets and you can see what they have had to say about it, so you can know what the church's position on a particular thing is. And by looking through their, um, you know, the the prophets don't come out and most of the time and just say this is the way it is. And they usually provide a reason for for why they. Uh, Take the position that they do, and you so you can read them on that. Um, after that, there are some faithful alternate voices. We're hopefully one of those. Um, we're certainly an alternate voice. And and so you can get other thinkers and they may be useful, but the primary focus should be on the scriptures and the words of the living prophets. and you can—you have access to those on churchofjesuschrist.org, and th- you, can, the, you can find on just about any topic more information than you probably want to plow through. But a lot of it is— it, But, it's but the great thing stop.
0: about that and going to the website or using your Gospel Library app is mm-hmm. that it is accurate— Because as we found in the example that I gave at the beginning of our segment here, usually what you see on the internet is shaped to take a certain position. And oftentimes even those who are trying to be faithful to the church shape it in a way that doesn't quite comport with what the prophets and apostles may have said. So they have the great intentions and then there are those of course who have less than great intentions so it's always best to go directly to the source and that is the living prophets and apostles uh,
2: yeah there's uh i in my youth i remember this quote and i cannot find it now where one of the general authorities said when i want to drink from a source i want water i want to go from the source and drink from the pure source of water rather than downstream after the cows have waded through actually
0: that was my grandfather that said that my grandfather ellis from richfield but i'm sure it's a common one from general authorities
2: i i just um that struck me and i think that that's that's really one of the things that you need to when you come up with any problem whether it's grace or something else is go to the the sources first go to your scriptures go see what the the prophets have said and it's not that the others might not be useful but at least you have you know what the pure source is and you can recognize then what has been done with it Um, you know and going back to the, the quote is Is, uh, you know, for other people it was, well, the words of Jesus aren't theologically useful. Well, that means they've got a particular use and a particular bent that they want to steer the discussion towards. and um, Jesus isn't cooperating. Yes. And I don't know. I, I just rank... Um, the primacy of my source is a little different than they do.
0: <laughs> well, one thing that I found is I also can go to places like the Interpreter Foundation website or BYU Studies and find something. And then I look at the footnotes and I look at the bibliographies of those to find other – uh, additional descriptions or things. I, I found that was really handy in the project that I just completed. Yeah. Where, where, you know, I, one of the readers asked me later after he'd read the book, he says, you've got 350 individuals you've quoted in this book. How, I don't know most of them. How did you know most of them? And it's like, well, that's what you do. You go and then you see something and you see what the authors used and you go back and you just keep track until you find exactly what you need. One of the what, there there's a there's a book John that you recommended to me that I tracked down uh by Brent Schmidt on this very topic. Tell us a little about that.
2: Um, well, Brent Schmidt is, um started out in classics at a, he wasn't at a BYU school right now, he's at BYU-Idaho, and um, started out as a classics major, and one of the things, he now has his book on called Relational Grace, which is um, in the BYU New Testament Commentary Subsidiary Series, uh, where he looks at the way that this term, charis, which is translated as grace, um, uh, the Greek term is a cognate with the Latin origin of grace, Um, and that uh, he noticed that the way it was used in classical sources was not the way that Protestant theologians looked at it. And so he's – what he sees is that caris establishes this relationship with someone and uh, that graces this reciprocal relationship with someone. Caris um, can also be translated as thanks. And you can think about the, uh, you know, uh, say, gracia in, in uh in Spanish and Italian and uh, is is comes from the same root so there is that uh, and it's related to our term gratitude uh, there are those connections that um, at the very least will uh, enrich your understanding of of grace and so it's worth some of those sources can be very useful, even if they're, um, you know, even if they're secondary to what the the brethren in the scriptures say.
0: You know, one of the things that the manual asks us to do is to have the students pair off to say, how do you respond to somebody who disagrees with you? So, Kevin, imagine you meet somebody who says, and I'm sure you have, your church doesn't talk much about grace. Do you not believe in it? How do we respond, Kevin?
1: Hmm. Oh I guess I got muted accidentally. Oh yeah, <laughs> there just, we, we go. We show them. We show them these scriptures that we that we use and that we have. You know, just as they are, right there in the scriptures, our scriptures, and and uh, and. Uh, even let them read them, you know, just, you know, some of the ones here, you know, you know Jacob 4-7, it is by grace that we have power to do these things, or from Elam and might, and might be restored unto grace for grace according to their works. My grace is sufficient for the meek and all that humble themselves before me from ether. Moroni pray, pray that the Gentiles be given grace that they might have charity. Moroni, by the grace of God, you are perfect in Christ. Jesus received grace for grace from d 93. So just to show that it's there, and even if we, we might have a different emphasis or a different you know, framework to look at it, the idea is there so that we do have something to talk about so we don't just have to disagree on everything. We can, we can find a place of common ground and a place to at least understand why we might see something differently that we don't see everything differently. And then that that becomes a place where we can discuss a bit more and have a bit more grace for each other.
0: You know, one of the things that uh, I like about this lesson and I like about the topic that we have is okay. We've talked about how to find information. When you find the words of the prophets and apostles about grace, I think what's really important is that we figure out how to put it in our lives. Because a lot of times, in fact, I was listening to Elder Uchtdorf's talk from General Conference today. It's just like sometimes people give up. They think, I'm not good enough. In fact, I I know people like this. I'm not good enough. I'm going to be a servant. That's good. I know it's better than here. I'm satisfied. I've screwed up too much. I cannot come back. And the beauty of it is that grace enables us to do that, but it has to be a proper application of it. And that's where finding out exactly what the scriptures say, finding out exactly what the prophets and apostles say, comes into play and makes it worthwhile.
2: I think one other point, because we we're almost out of time, is that the idea about that the lesson of, of finding your own answer to this is once you've found your own answer, then it's it sticks with you much better better you've worked it out for yourself if you need to go through the process again you've done it before and so it's just reminding yourself but whereas if you just say well so and so answered it and i don't need to worry about it you may not remember how they got there and it's important to know how you get where you're going
0: All right. Thank you. So we're going to take a quick news break right now for a few minutes and we'll come back for the next section. Stay tuned. This is Terry Hutchinson with John Gee and Kevin Christensen on Interpreter Radio. Thanks for listening.